Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to Homo Sapiens. Series 2. Series 2. My name is William Young. My name is Christopher Sweeney. And thank you so much for coming back to us after our hiatus. We've missed you. We have missed Actually you. Actually have. I've missed, well I've, I've seen you a lot anyway, but I've missed um, showing off on microphones. I've already, how long have we been on? Three seconds and I've broken the golden rule. Do not eat. They're my biscuits. <laughs> They're biscuits. They're not my biscuits. You know what we're eating? present that you gave me my christmas present i gave you the christmas present because i went on a date and i felt like my brother said to me rupert young infamous across the world actually because his tinder spreads worldwide really yeah yeah he paid the extra 199 um you know what he does he goes on dates across the world so he'll find someone they're chatting it won't necessarily like shag them or anything he just goes and stays with them and goes and they show him around a zurich isn't that called sex tourism? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I cannot speak for my brother. Anyway, Rupert used to say to me, if you go on a date, go and do things. Mm. Because otherwise it's like an interview. Yeah. So I decided to go to Fortnum and Mason's. I went the luxury route. It was Christmas time <laughs> and I bought you a Christmas hamper. And I hadn't, I, well, actually, there's another reason behind it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep the lamp that I bought. So I gave you the hamper. I didn't even know about the lamp that you'd bought I me. I showed it to you. The blue one. The ship lantern. Was that... I'm shutting my eyes and holding my breath. <laughs> Where is I'm it not now? here. It's in my garden. We better get that rectified. You'll get it. You'll get it for your birthday. But that's ages away. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on today's episode... Who do we speak to, Chris? We spoke to Jeremy Corbyn. Chris drops the pen. Chris drops the pen. And we get a knighthood. Yeah. When he's Prime Minister. Do you think? I think we've spoken to the future Prime Minister. The political system. It is still slightly the old Mandarins. Are you calling me an old Mandarin? Not you, because you're you're different. (laughs) He says that to everybody. It started last year. I went to a Pink News um, event in Parliament. There were some hiccups. I threw my toys out the pram. Oh, when you were trying to persuade them. And then we got him. We walked into Parliament and I felt like the wolf had, had finally tracked down its prey. Really? The ferret that had finally got the socialist rabbit. That's why you were on all fours. <laughs> 
It is about the history of the struggle of gay people for their recognition. We spoke about LGBT figures from the past and the amazing work that they did. But we also talked a lot about what's going on today for LGBT Britain. The problems of bullying in schools, the use of gay as an insult. He was very interesting on homophobia across the UK. If you're a, a gay teenager in a school and you're being put upon by your peers, who do you go to? The abuse and homophobia is bad. Does every school challenge it? No. But also he talked a lot about his kind of vision for inclusivity in schools and how that extends beyond LGBT people. It's really interesting. That's coming up in just a minute. I stole a mug. We stole two mugs. There will be a squabble because there's a slight discrepancy on design and we need to choose who gets which one. Flip a coin. Yeah. Or mud I- wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I find most things can be settled with either of the above. <laughs> and I put it this way, I haven't got any coins. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a loincloth. <laughs> Chris, we decided yeah. for this series, did we not, to go out and about, leave the comfort of our metropolis life. We wanted season two to be about travelling all over LGBT Britain. So we went up to Hebden Bridge, the lesbian capital of the Mm. UK. We've been to Birmingham to talk to schools there. We've been to Manchester and we had a lot of fun. It's been a road trip. Many, many things coming up in this series and also... A really diverse range of guests from the world of sports, uh, from the world of acting, Mm. from politics, obviously, with JC coming up. That's not Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) He's season three. His people did not get back to us, which frankly I was annoyed about. Apparently you have to pray a lot. We've got Alan Cumming. We went to Edinburgh, didn't we, to speak to him? We went to see him. Mm. We've got Jack Munro, who is the bootstrap cook. Yeah, amazing story. We're talking to Skin from Skunk and Nancy. (gasps) I'm a big fan. Johan Hari, amazing mind. And many, many more people. Our dogs are a little bit quiet. Bless you, Riddles. Oh, he's having a little sneeze. Do you know why? Why? Because he's cold, because the boiler's broken. And it, um, what do you do when a boiler breaks? I, I can't afford another How one. How often is it broken? I came down this morning, woke up this morning and it was freezing. I can fix it. Do you want me to have a quick go now? Do you want to go now? Watch this. I'm wearing a boiler suit for fuck's sake. You are wearing a boiler suit. And wait. I think the pressure has dropped. You should have a pressure valve in here somewhere. Yeah, but it's it it's in the front, but I can't get the front off. Oh, it's one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shush, my never, precious. Shush, hush never, now. Never seen it before. If I fix it, my God, I feel so manly. Can I say what I love is oh. that Will looks at <laughs> looks at the boiler <laughs> and then occasionally sort of glances over and sees like scented candles. Like, oh. <laughs> how did you notice <laughs> I just that? Noticed that's you. so funny. I just totally noticed you clock it. Oh my God, that's it, the black one. <laughs> Um, I don't understand where this. I'll sort it. But thank. You. Okay, well that that's just slightly annoying me because I was. That's I know great, what it is. So you just need to we turn. We have done it without. You need to turn the pressure back up again. We have launched uh, season two in LGBT History Month, and that is how the Corbyn thing came about because he was marking LGBT History Month by talking to us and also talking to the Gay Times, who were there for some of our interview. Very nice people. I love the Gay Times. I think it's a really progressive, brilliant publication for anyone. If you haven't read it, 
You are going to get out there and buy it. Yeah, so LGBT History Month, thinking of people like Oscar Wilde, Alan Turing. If people haven't seen The Imitation Game, watch it, because Kira Knightley's very good in it. God, all along I thought that was Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. Um, but he cracked the code, basically, and saved World War Two, and it was pretty horrific what they did to him. Um, so I guess we look back to look forward, and that's why I think LGBT History Month is... Very important. Well, you know, it was interesting. April Ashley, we were talking about earlier. So April Ashley is often considered to be one of the first high-profile transgender women. She got a sex change in 1960, it says here. She went on Loose Women. I'm just Googling as I speak. Did she go on Loose Women? Mm. Oh, wow, look at her. She's fabulous. Mm. She's really fabulous. Mm. Is she English? Yeah. She's got an MBE. No, you see, there you go. I'm learning loads. Is this a good time to bring in the fact that we went on Women's Hour. Will Young is a singer, songwriter and actor and Chris Sweeney is a writer and director. Together, Will and Chris make a podcast called Homo Sapiens. Was Jenny Murray everything you hoped for? You've met her before, no? Yes. She was different to the... Yeah, she was... was she? Well, I think she'd been... In, we were at an event, so, you know, she was... Drunk. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, she was body popping on the dance floor. Um... She was great. I was a bit nervous. Mm. I was a bit nervous. I had a shaky knee. Did you? Yeah, a little shaky knee. Oh, that's what it was. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> we got to see the infamous two-ring hob in the Women's House studio. And it really is a lo-fi setup. It's. I remember having a hob like that when I was in a student house at university. But it has its own little extractor fan above it. Just to let everyone know, there are no health and safety issues with it. Oh, no, none. No, absolutely It's the none. BBC, there couldn't yeah, be any. Yeah, I was going to say, no, there couldn't be. Tiny, tiny researcher just peddling away, making it heat up. <laughs> but how many hours have they been doing it for? I, well, that's the thing. You have to have a break after two hours. We need to keep an eye on that. Talking of breaks, yes. can I just say... Do you I, want a break? No, yes. <laughs> can I just say I, I'm done? I have been working my guts out this week. Yeah. As you know by the many texts that I have sent you. How Four I days. Any more? Where am I? Um, Who am I? Who am I? What am I? Um, I Send delivery. Four Sorry. days rehearsing an entire show to then show to people. William, what is the show you're doing? Ah, uh, what is the show? Yes, it's Strictly Borum, the musical, based on the Baz Luhrmann film. With Baz Luhrmann is involved. Yeah. Oh, this was the other thing, because we all thought Baz Luhrmann was going to be there. I'm bricking myself. And I'm not even off script. So I'm wandering around with this folder that once they burst open. Off, off script, script means, means like you're not having to hold your script anymore yeah, when you're rehearsing. I've got a red WH Smith, other ones are available, um, folder, ring binder. And at one stage I'm trying to dance and at the same time hold a folder and a microphone and all the pages fall out. But I've just got to keep on going. First line that I have in the show, I plough through the dance floor and a dancer's hand hits the microphone and it goes into oh. my lip. You probably can't see, but there's a little bit of damage. Oh, Is there no. any damage there? A little cut inside your mouth. Is there? Is it there? I can't see anything, but I yes. can say yes, because you know when you hurt yourself, you just want people to say, yeah, it looks sore. I don't really hurt. Oh, so you mucked your first line. I'm going to be honest as well. Yeah? Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm going to own some of my own gay shame in a homophobia. Go on. In the crowd, because I was nervous as well, yes. when I noticed people that were, I made up gay, I slightly hated them. Really? Why? 
Okay, this is my projection because I'd think that particularly the gay men mm. would be would be thinking really bitchy thoughts about me. Mm. What is that about? Well, if you're feeling not great, if you're feeling vulnerable in a situation, you'll pin it, try and pin it on someone. And maybe you'll look at and say, your brain will say, oh, gay people will judge me more because I've been more judged by them. I mean, yeah, what's know. that about? I don't know. Must be, no anyway. wonder you dropped your folder. <laughs> <laughs> Papers everywhere. I was hissing at the time. But can I say, as a consummate professional that you are, you are very good at a live recovery. It's got to be said. You style it out. Oh, grazie mille. Um... <laughs> I did start it out. Um, You're very good. And actually you like... But you, I feel like you, you function well in those... But you, you know why that is? Because mistakes are the most authentic, can be the most authentic things. People love watching a mistake. They love a mistake because they think they're getting something real. That's what my parents told me. Did they? No, I'm joking. Oh, um, <laughs> I just got that. Um, well, there was mistakes. a director who said to me once, for God's sake, make a mistake. And so that, so I now pretend to trip up mm. often. Do you want to hear my Australian accent? Hey, that's all right, isn't it? Will, why don't you tell us in your new Australia, shiny Australian accent yes. how our listeners can get in touch? Ah, right. So the listeners can get in touch at hello at homosapienspodcast.com or they can tweet at Will Young. Yeah. Uh, hashtag homo sapiens and we should clarify that the reason we're doing this is because uh, you've got to do an Australian accent for your for Strictly no? yeah that's right mate I've got to do an Australian accent so is it alright? yeah how's mine? thank you you have to like put your mouth in different places mouth in different places oh my god that's really good man yeah yeah thanks buddy I really appreciate that you're listening to Homo Sapiens, brought to you with our brand partners, Smirnoff. And their wonderful We're Open campaign that is doing brilliant things for the LGBTQ plus community. It is. Please check them out. We like them. Coming up in a minute, we have got our interview with Jeremy Corbyn. But first, we have taken to Twitter to ask you guys, since we spoke to the future leader, potential future leader of this country, we thought we'd ask you guys, what would you do if you were Prime Minister for the day? William, what would you do? I would make charity work compulsory. So everyone has to do at least two hours of charity work a week. A week? Yeah. It's quite a dictatorship. <laughs> yeah. What do the people on Twitter say, Christopher? Andy Brooks says, close down all zoos and release animals back into the wild. Now that is a day I'd like to see. Don't release the lion into, onto sort of, you know, Peckham High Street. Into the wild, not into the streets. <laughs> quite like this one. Call Donald Trump and tell him he's a dick. <laughs> That's Ross Jamil. Do you remember him from last season one? I think we had a sort of debacle with his T-shirts, didn't we? Listeners, can you please write in and say if you all got your T-shirts? Because I, I went... know what that's going to well, well, we, I went through the whole postal service thing and lovely lady helped me. Um, you can do it all automatically, but I can't do that. <clears throat> Make Facebook check-ins illegal. I don't know what a check-in is. So a Facebook check-in is when you go somewhere, presumably that you want people to know about then you'll check in on Facebook so everyone knows that you're there it's a way of showing off so they'll say they've checked in at the VIP lounge at Heathrow Airport my feeling on that is it might be a little serotonin rush but it's not real <laughs> god that's good that's wise that's TED talk material screw women's are yeah. TED talk <gasps> we could wear headsets oh GG sucks legalised cannabis well, in America now, it's sort of legal. So lots of people I know are eating those things, edibles, 
which get you slightly stoned. Do you know them? They're like no. gummy bears and you can buy them. Apparently it's very good for anxiety. I did meet... Oh, I'll be honest. I did meet someone in, a <laughs> anti- in an antique shop who had cured... Had shrunk, sorry, her tumour from the size of a tennis ball down to the size of a pea by having that special oil that's extracted from cannabis. Cannabis oil? Yeah. And she showed really? me the pictures. It was unbelievable. Really? Yeah. I'd start by dancing around number 10, says Tracy Nixon, like Hugh Grant did in Love Actually. Did you know that dance in Love Actually? I'd take a shit. Where? <laughs> That'd be the first thing I'd do. Go upstairs and take a shit? I'd go, to, I'd go upstairs or downstairs. I'd go to the loo. Or ground floor. And I'd have a dump. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's quite a primal thing? Make this my turf? It probably is, actually. And I'd piss all over the kitchen. <laughs> So here we are, just pulling up. And now it's time for our fascinating conversation with Jeremy Corbyn. Good luck, sister. I don't need good luck, you're doing the interview. <laughs> Do you know what I really liked is that their floor in Parliament, there's art all on all the walls everywhere, and it feels quite, doesn't feel formal, does it? It's quite no, informal. they had all these old Labour campaign posters, which were really beautifully framed I noticed and um, couldn't get that in the duffel bag and um, (laughs) it just felt very warm I just came away feeling enthused and very positive and optimistic he makes things seem quite simple as well yes he does and that's good for us we took Corbyn cupcakes didn't we yeah we did cupcakes in the middle yay or nay not sure it is no so what do we not give them to him no I think they're on a plate it's nice but maybe not all of them on a plate. Did you know the original design of a cupcake is that you were supposed to break off the bottom and stick it on the top so it becomes like a sandwich, a mini cake? No, that's amazing. People go Google it. That's why how they were designed. Hello, <gasps> oh, brilliant. Ah. This is our interview with Jeremy Corbyn. Chris bought them for you. We bought them for you. So I go and get a pot of jam to spread over it just to show of sharing everything. Would you rather not? I've got, you know what, I've actually got some homemade jam at home. I made I made plum jam for the first time, and I made raspberry jam. Plum jam's an easy one to make because you've got the pectin is good pectin. Raspberries are a pain. Yes, that was hard. You're Raspberries right. are a total pain. You need either mix it with apple or a lot of lemon juice. How do you know all this? Where did you get your passion for gardening? My mum and dad were um, very uh, horticultural. <laughs> <laughs> no, my parents, is that okay? Is yeah, that, of course it is. You call somebody my, horticultural. My parents right? are very horticultural, and I've got. I've, where do they live? We live in Berkshire, Berkshire and Cornwall, and I have an obsession with compost, which has come from my father. Come on, let's start the recording on oh, compost. I we started the compost question. No compost because. Do you turn the compost? Um, yeah, of course. No, I have three compost. Turn them over. Turn and do them. you um, put rods in it to make sure you aerate the compost? Yes. As well? And oh, do you water? And do you water your heap? And I wee on it. Well, that too is well. That's excellent. I'll take you by surprise. Um, no, you didn't. You must have heard that. You must have heard that. On everybody does. No, really? do you wee on your? Oh God, I hope you. I hope you do. Everybody on allotments does. I know you can't does. say, but I just. Everybody on allotments make does. Make me like you even more. Do you know? You know about allotments, don't you? No. The fraternity of allotments. Go well, on. there was a film, wasn't there? It was a film. What, an allotment movie? Yeah. Was it a Bruce Willis vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> Does that help ground you? Because one of the things I wanted to ask you is, someone who is a pacifist, I, when I look at Parliament, it's very combative, isn't it? Combative or combative. It's, how do you deal with that? Because you're not an aggressive man. How do you handle that? Monsieur Zen. Qui est Monsieur Zen? Monsieur Zen, c'est un homme très bon. <laughs> um, you have to be calm 
do what you believe in and think through what you're doing and also try and think of the other person and what they're thinking and what their ideas are so you only learn really by listening and um, people come from all sorts of traditions you've got to try and get them there I mean I want a world where uh, there is greater respect for people their diversity their views and so on and there's a lot of hatred out there what you're talking about there is values really is it's your values was that instilled in you by your parents well I was the fourth child and we've got three older brothers mm. and um, I think all parents are quite stressed by their first child <laughs> they always think their first baby coughs therefore it's got pneumonia sneezes therefore it's got a serious flu and then you know when you, by the time you've got the second one it's okay kids do get ill and recover and so on and so on they get more relaxed and third and so on I was the fourth <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know where you were half the time chilled totally <coughs> chilled I remember when I was about 12 13 that sort of age with two friends we lived in Shropshire we said we're going off camping for a week okay where are you going so we don't really know we're going on our bikes oh, okay be careful so we went no phone calls nothing just that yeah it was a kind of incredibly chilled attitude I mean I think these days uh, any parent would be totally alarmed at mm. the idea of uh, a young teenager going off with two others for that length of time that instilled in me a, a sense that you also you've got to look after yourself mm. is that sense of self-responsibility were you that kind of principled person at that age or is that something that grew in you well, I grew up in a country area. I had friends, obviously, but it was also fairly isolated. It wasn't an urban environment. So to me, moving into much more complex urban communities as a late teenager, I went to live in Jamaica as a VSO volunteer. Mm. And it, was, it could not have been more different. Small town Shropshire, Kingston, Jamaica. What led you to want to go there? Did you always oh, have a sense of empathy, a desire yeah. to help? I uh, was fascinated by the world, by the geography of the world, by the history of the world and the differences of people. And I wanted to get, I wanted to travel and see places, <clears throat> so I did. And um, I have this, my family and every, all my friends get totally irritated with it. Wherever we go, there's this endless curiosity. I'm always the last one to leave. Always, always got the next question and so on uh, because you learn a lot from often the most unlikely sources Will just learned how to make jam yeah I know so I there know, we go so he, and he's um, obviously <laughs> is your jam really good Will? Okay. no no it's really shit um, but it was rub runny because you can recook it you know I lost interest Oh, I know, isn't that awful? Oh, come on, that's shocking. I know, it's really shocking, but I, I've got lines to learn. I'm very disappointed, you lost no, interest. No, please, please, I, I, I can't cope with your disappointment in me. Would you use the strips of pectin, or do you only use, no, you use natural? God. God. Oh, I'm a novice. Strips of, strips of pectin, oh my God. No. If you want to lean over and hit him, you can. No, no, I would use apples or lemon. I want to ask you about, because you were talking about being young, LGBT bullying in schools and I'm really interested in, in your opinion why it's not being addressed so for me particularly the use of the word gay as a derogatory term there's so many stats that say, I mean 98% of LGBT people or young gay 
men find it disturbing. And the suicide rates amongst young gay men and then transgender people is almost double. And I feel like language is so important, the choice of language, and it's so important in how civil rights have moved forward and how people who are marginalised reclaim language. I don't feel it's happening and I get very frustrated why that's the case. And I've had big arguments with the likes of Nicky Morgan and nothing's moving in that area. Why do you think that is? Take it historically, well, you know my age, but we won't repeat it on air. But uh, I was at school in the 60s and gay abuse was rife and common. Using gay and all that as an abusive word was, was common. And the um, 1967 Act, which was got through Parliament at that time, was discussed in some of the popular papers and greeted with a lot of derision by a lot of people. And um, any um, gay boy, it was a boys' school I went to, would have been totally hurt, isolated and offended by all of that, as would any, anybody else. The moods changed slowly and a bit, but you're quite right. The abuse and the homophobia is bad in a lot of places. Does every school challenge it? No. Some are very good and do challenge it, but if you're a, a gay teenager in a school and you're being put upon by your peers, who do you go to? Well, I think that's the problem, isn't who it? Who do you go to, you know? You can't go to the... People often can't go to their homes because they don't feel comfortable with that. And I always think, well, the education, the institutions is somewhere where people can be nurtured. It's, it's the other family, isn't it, really? Mm. And it seems that, rightfully, racism, anti-religious rhetoric, chauvinism, is really clamped down on. And, and rightly so. And rightfully so. I mean, you know, I got called a puffter the other day by a bus driver, and I'm still deep, you know, trying to get through the system with that. But it's interesting for me, because actually, what, how I'm trying to get it resolved is proving very difficult. And you're articulate, able and confident. Exactly. And able to represent yourself. And I have a Twitter account that, that I could, you know, then I got a call from the mayor's office and it, I mean, it's very interesting and it's, it's you know, I, I'm using myself as a model, you know. It's, it's, and I just feel like people aren't seeing the crisis that is unfolding amongst young people. And, I, and I'd be really interested what you do how to solve that? Well, you do it Ge every genuinely. Day. But you you do it every day by talking about it. I know, but don't you feel by like also making it um, a cause? You do that every day. But it's also about education. It is about the history of the struggle of gay people for their recognition, and what went with that. It's also, <clears throat> I think, looking at the abuse of gay people. Oscar Wilde suffered in, in prison and effectively put himself into exile when he came out of prison. Read De Profundius, well I'm sure you have, and you kind of understand what he went through at that time. Then take it a few decades on, or quite a few decades on, and you get Alan Turing. The most brilliant mind this country's probably ever produced. He's there with Einstein on abilities. Mm. Developed a computer. Imagine he hadn't died in the 50s. He was still pretty young. What he would have achieved and what he would have done. What was he done? Chemically castrated yeah. and then committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why do you mention those, those, those figures historically? Because they stand out as people who... Um, they didn't set out to promote gay rights. I don't think either of them ever did, actually. I don't think they ever thought about that. They just were themselves and were what they were and uh, wanted to be that and couldn't understand why everybody else couldn't cope with it. There's a great saying. It might have been Henry Kissinger, but I'm not sure. We learn from history that we learn nothing from history. Now. That it is sound, it sounds like Henry Kissinger. It does sound yeah. miserable, doesn't it? Really, it really does, But, yeah. you know, like, like <laughs> we always have to keep on looking back, I think, to see, one, how far we've come, but to remind ourselves of what people had to go through. And also, you know, Ian McKinnon said, we step on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. And, and that those we that were frightened to admit their sexuality because of repression, and that goes back a long way in history, it's there in common parlance, it's there in a lack of uh, respect for people and um, what their sexuality is, and it can become very unpleasant and it can become violent. And you meet people in areas of the country that you sort of imagine would be very relaxed, bright and so on, disgracefully beaten up and so on, late at night and stuff like that. You know couple seen in a pub together and then followed outside and assaulted uh, yeah there is a, there is a problem um, I would like to think it's getting less so but the past two years there was, there was a huge spike in totally horrible violence against the person racist violence homophobic violence um, after the uh, EU referendum in 2016 and the police tell me locally that the issue has come down a great deal um, and most police are telling me that but there's also a lot of underreporting. how many people that get racist abuse homophobic abuse or any other kind of abuse actually report it to the police I suspect not that many no. and a lot of people that I think don't feel don't even know that the laws are there um, you know I think it needs to be highlighted more. Absolutely. I had a meeting with um, a group of women at a mosque in my constituency, Muslim women, who had suffered the most horrible abuse on the street. 
didn't feel that anyone was very interested in it, didn't feel they could or should go to the police about it. Um, we pointed out that one case that was uh, reported to the police, the police did take it very seriously, did pursue it, and did end up after a lot of actually fair play to them, good effort with the prosecution. Well, but that was unusual. And then I asked uh, the women, I said, how many of you have suffered abuse on the street? Every hand went up. Well, I would say the police, the, the system, when I got where I'm now with the police, they've been amazing. I mean, they make an appointment, they come around the house, they send me a text. They've been and really understanding. I think it's just people need to know that they can. I think the police have got a lot better. I think in schools we need to teach as far as we can the history and understanding that goes with it and respect that goes with it but also I think in the later years of um, secondary maybe sort of 14 onwards you need to uh, young people need to understand what their rights are what they can do what you can go to the police about what you can make complaints about you know well we've just been around the country talking to LGBTQ people all over the country for our second season of the podcast and one of the best trips we did was to Birmingham to meet a teacher called Andrew Moffat and he teaches a thing called No Outsiders so he teaches in a 99% Muslim school and he teaches the kids that everyone in this school has different beliefs but and you don't all have to have the same beliefs but you have no outsiders here everyone is included and has the right to have their own beliefs and it's been brilliant it's been you know um, speaking to the kids listening to what they said it's that being rolled out would be incredible. Mm. And celebrating each other's festivals, understanding the commonality of a lot of faith. Yeah, yeah. Diwali's coming up, that's great, we'll have some Diwali. Hanukkah's coming up, so, you know, Ramadan's yeah. coming up. Yeah. There's always Christmas as well. I guess the, I guess <laughs> the problem, problem with that is parents not wanting their children to celebrate in other festivals. But what I thought was fascinating in the school in Birmingham is that it was getting the parents on board and they yeah. did they really got on board they were like okay it's the way it's couched yeah they know. did open that's sessions. where children's centers are so important really you know the sure start children's centers are so good bringing parents and very young children together so your child goes to a nursery you're part of it right. mm. you're talking to each other and so-and-so needs a bit of help over benefits or something, so-and-so needs some help with jobs, or so-and-so's got a stress, mm. so-and-so needs a English as a second language, whatever. Mm. They're doing it together, and that's such a good message for the kids and the parents. So is that about shared commonality? Shared commonality. So people are too busy looking for differences, whereas actually there's far more similarities. Far more in common. Yeah, yes. far more in common. You do try and um, bring up children to um, be inclusive, to be respectful. I won't use the word tolerant because I don't like it. I'd rather say mm. respectful to mm. work with people. Um, but it's also the models you give them in society. Um, look at the abuse that uh, gay footballers have achieved, received over many years. Probably less so now and some clubs clamp down on any kind of abuse very, very quickly some uh, less so, but I saw a, a slightly different issue, but a Scottish footballer who had um, had some serious stress, mental health problems, got abuse on the terraces or on the stands for having once attempted to take his own life. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is a, a lack of respect of people. Sometimes people feel they can say what they like in a crowd 
at a sporting event or on social media because they've got the anonymity and they can get away with anything which they wouldn't ever say to your face. So, um, I mean, I get this. Ha- I, was I say, read this, this stuff quite a lot. This happens <coughs> to you, I would imagine, a lot positive and not so positive things. And like you say, people can just say it from behind a computer screen with a keyboard. I've had very serious mental and physical health problems in my life and worked really hard to get a lot more healthy. I have got a lot better by talking about, I mean, I had anxiety two, two days ago, couldn't go into rehearsals, and I just said, look, I can't. I knew what I needed to do, and I just couldn't go. Did you feel it coming on? Yeah, I did, and I just... So what do I, you do about that when you feel it coming on? This time I went to my shaman who does body work and just calmed my body down. So I knew then I could go into work the next day. And what was brilliant is I had a workplace that really understood it. Have you had, or if you do, have you had anxiety or depression ever? And if you do, how have you dealt with it, or how do you deal with it? It comes out in a minute. Um, I feel very strongly that mental health is a huge issue in this country, and we have to talk about it, we have to support people, and we have to give them the help to get through a crisis, and it isn't always done by pharmaceutical drug therapy. I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but it's not the only thing. It's talking therapies and understanding are very important. The number of people that come to me that have either been in or going through a crisis just say they want to tell me about it. They don't necessarily want me to do anything. They just want to share that experience with me. Have I been through crisis myself? I don't think so, although clearly there are Like everybody, there are some days that are better than other days, and some days you feel more confident and positive than other days. That's surely so with everybody. But I do feel that people don't talk to each other enough. A long time ago, a friend of mine committed suicide. I thought I knew this guy really well. A whole bunch of us thought we knew him really well. We didn't. None of us knew he was in clearly a very difficult place and he committed suicide and we were all just totally shocked. He was the guy, he was the life and soul of the party, always had a joke, always helping people, always supporting me. I also remember another occasion, I was on a train, sitting around a table, I didn't know the other people, and there was a guy sitting opposite me, he was clearly slightly agitated, like this. He didn't sort of think too much about it, it was slightly odd, but nothing really. And then he got up and went and opened the door of the train, because it was those days, and jumped out. Fortunately, he survived. But it quite shocked me that somebody sitting so near Mm. to any of us didn't feel able to save the person. I'm having a really bad time. Can you help me? Mm. Well, it's a lot of shame. Well, there's ice- I mean, would, if you had a bad time, would you talk to the person next to you? Or would you feel too embarrassed? Uh, I, culturally, I would feel too embarrassed. But I have taught myself to explain where I'm at when I'm feeling certain ways, like anxiety. To say, someone says, oh, how are you feeling about that meeting tomorrow? I'm actually really scared is a really hard thing to say. And I think that we, as a society, don't do that enough. And I think that's why people feel so alone, that they can't explain what's going on, like your friend who very sadly killed himself, you know? I, I had noticed when I came in, by the way, it was out on John McDonald's door, it said, no negativity or no, only <laughs> no, positive. Only positive thoughts yeah. this door. And yeah. there was another, another 
sign saying something positive, and I wondered if that was something. Oh, we're very creative around here. It's very creative, yes. Oh, very there's, creative. A, there's a meditation class after this. But there's, uh, well, I noticed <laughs> that in the lift there's massages for 20 pounds. Well, this actually. is, the, we're going. We're going. <laughs> Do you want one of your cupcakes? Uh, yeah, which one, which one are you going to have? Yeah. I have no preference. There's loads for everyone, by the way. Yes. I hope that, well, so there's cupcakes on the menu. I'm going to exactly. have a little bit of this because I'm, oh, I'm, lovely. I'm on a diet. I won't fit into Lycra with this. <laughs> Actually, I probably will. It just elastic. <laughs> elastic, baby. We were talking about a really... You mentioned Glastonbury, weren't you? We weren't talking about Glastonbury because it was amazing to see you so kind of embraced by the musical community, let's say. But I wondered how that came about and I was interested by... You know, I know that you've said before things about how celebrity can dull your message, but then Glastonbury, you were there and everyone was singing that Corbin song that became so huge and how did that make you feel? Well I was astonished when I was first invited to Glastonbury by Michael Evis that was the previous year and I couldn't go because there was a little local difficulty. What was that? There was just you know that was the second leadership contest. Oh God! I just died, so, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was that? Oh, did you not hear no, about it? Oh, I'll, tell you, I'll, t- I'll tell you later. How did it go? Yeah, it was fine. It was. I'll tell you later. It was all right. Um, okay, so I really enjoyed it, but I didn't realise it was the whole thing so well organised. Were you? It's the, really tight. The oh, timing. it's amazing. They don't. You don't mess about with the timing, do they? No, not when you've got Shirley Bassey flying in from a helicopter. Um, <laughs> what does she? Or Beyonce. On stage when you're on it. Favourite moment ever, Beyonce. What? So great to be here in the London countryside. Yeah. If, were you, were you... Well, London's getting bigger, you know. Oh, it's just brilliant. <laughs> were you worried that the message might get blurred because you were aligning with a different type of celebrity in that sense? Because to be on the main stage of Glastonbury is, that's a different type of space to occupy. Do you know what I mean, though? Do yeah, you, I do. Were, were yeah. you concerned? No, not really, because I think that um, if we want to create a society which has collective values and we genuinely value everybody then you've got to reach out beyond a sort of straight narrow political message because people's lives are very very different I have to say I enjoyed the experience I think everybody around me was deeply stressed by it I was the one who wasn't what your team yeah yeah why because they thought I'd be late (laughs) <laughs> There's always that. Um, they saw all kinds of things, but you know. Do you get nervous still? No. You, so you look forward to speeches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did the last election, did you expect it to go how it did go? I always felt there was a lot of people out there who were interested in what we had to say if they ever heard it. And of course, it was only when the broadcasting rules for the election kicked in and we got equality of time that we got uh, able to get that message out there. And I also felt that since we were saying something that was so radically different to what had been said in the past, in a sense, we're saying, yes, we will raise top-level taxation, yes, we will invest, yes, we will do these things, and this is how it's going to be done. And um, we did a combination of social media and outdoor activities the social media reach was utterly enormous and we just went out on the road doing meetings and rallies all over the country i did a hundred events during the election campaign and the enthusiasm grew so throughout the campaign after a while the um, commentary here in london if you like 
had written Labour off, written us off and all the rest of it, um, the story gradually became actually Labour's gaining ground, actually Labour's getting support, actually you doing well and we ended up unfortunately not quite winning it. And that was a long campaign, I could have done with another week. What I'm fascinated by um, observing how you work in politics since you've become leader is you don't feel you have to be in the mainstream and what I thought was fantastic about that election and what I mean by the mainstream is there's certain print media and broadcasters who will not support certain parties and what I thought was fascinating is there was just this swell you know that was completely it's like we don't need you we don't need these papers we're more powerful the people are more powerful and it was also yeah, there was a lot of um, physical stress and pressure on it because of the amount we had to do and the travelling and, and so on. Um, but well, how do you deal with that? How do you... A lot of fun. You must be so tired. Like, do you meditate? Do you... What do you do? But how do you... I read something level? else. That's my relaxation. So if That's I'm doing sort of... Today, for example, we've been doing Prime Minister's Question Time. We're doing lots of meetings here. Mm. Quite intense, a lot of stuff. I, for relaxation, read something completely different. So what did you read? Or what well, at the moment, I'm reading a book that I was given about the lives of Mary Wollstonecraft and Mary Shelley, who, a daughter. But it's alternate chapters that are 30 years apart. So you have a chapter on Mary and what happened to her, and then the next chapter is about the second Mary, Mary Shelley, like 30 years later, what was happening to her and the parallel lives. It's very clever the way it's done. You've got a vote tonight, haven't you? Yeah. What's that on? Vote tonight is on local government spending and local government settlement. Um, we're voting against the government's estimates for local government next year. We're saying, look, quite simply, the fabric of our society, of libraries, swimming pools and all that, is at risk. The housing crisis is getting worse. You can't deal with this without investment by all of us. And that's what I'll be voting on tonight. And how long are you going to be there tonight? Well, it, the vote is uh, not that long itself, takes about 15 minutes. And then I've got one more meeting in the office, which I'll finish, I suppose, about 8.30. So, all being well, I'll be home by about 9. It'll be a short day, a mere 14 hours. That's a short really? day. Yeah, a mere 14 hours. What time would day. you start in the morning then? I usually get up about 7.30 and leave around 8. Mm. I am somebody that is um, insatiably active and busy. Really? It's probably a bad thing, I don't know. It's probably something in my upbringing, I don't know. <laughs> well, we can porridge. Try. Eat porridge. Okay. You eat porridge? I ate porridge this morning. Uh, but what about yesterday? Yeah, I ate yesterday as and well. And tomorrow? Actually. Get off my back, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> you just leave me alone. Oh, okay. really I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Porridge is very important. Um, do you? Wait, how do you marry up having, which I think is really important, the individual freedom of a politician to be able to speak their mind, look after their constituents, follow their own moral beliefs, and having a party mandate and a party line with whips, etc., that needs to be followed? I think. Respectful expression is fine. Abuse is not acceptable by anybody in any form. I think the general direction in which we want to go of um, public involvement, of increasing the public realm, of um, 
improving living standards of people is something that pretty well most of the parties signed up to. Does that mean there's never any internal debate about this vote, another vote or whatever? Of course there is, that is often the case. And you have to try and encourage people and bring them with you. I don't believe in uh, dictating to people. I believe in trying to say to people actually why we're doing this is because we've been sent here and it's an enormous privilege to be here in Parliament by a lot of people who are looking to us to represent them. People that need a house, people that are worried about their school, people that are worried about their children, people that are worried about their environment. That's why we've been sent here. So I try to always relate what we do to what's happening out there. Sometimes I worry that the institution of getting into Parliament and getting to the, then to the top can strip away people's true beliefs. Well, Parliament is... And then they end up being in a job that they might not even... Yeah. You, know, you become, I don't know, education sector or something. It's like, mm. they don't really even know anything about that, but you just want mm. to be at the top. Well, Parliament is a very strange institution and it can be very seductive of people. And I've seen the way it's affected a lot of people. You've got to remember, you're here because somebody else put their trust in you to send you here. And you've got to be true to them and true to yourself. When I think of the political system, sorry, um, it is still slightly the old mandarins, you know, Oxbridge. Are you calling me an old man? Not you, because you're, you're different. <laughs> he you're, says that to everybody. You're different, <laughs> you know? Look, people that dreamt of a society where you have healthcare, where you have housing, where you have education, were treated abominably and abused. They stood up and we've got a health service. Yeah. You know, things change if you stand up with your principles. Is that the bell for the vote? Yeah. It's the bell. Oh my God, that's so The exciting. curfew tolls another party. The curfew yeah. tolls the bell of the bell of Martin. Oh, I really want to come okay. with you, but I know I can't. Um, you want to come to Prime Minister Christian someone, sir? Shit, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, so that was our conversation with the Leader of the Opposition, Jeremy Corbyn, no less. And there'll be more from our chat with JC in the first Homo Sapiens Extra, which will be out this Friday. We'll be talking about Trump, we'll be talking about homophobia on TV, sex education in schools, trans people in politics. So that's more from Jeremy Corbyn on Homo Sapiens Extra. Oh, and please subscribe to Homo Sapiens wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss it. William, how do you make a pacifist angry? I don't know. You talk to them about jam. You talk to them about <laughs> using the wrong kind of pectin. <laughs> oh, just snorted. You know, Superman has kryptonite, the one thing that gets to him. The one thing that pushed Jeremy Corbyn's buttons is when you said that you used uh, like fake Do you pectin. use strips yeah, of pectin? He grabbed his face, listener. He <laughs> thrust his hands into his face. <laughs> LGBT. I'm only what doing this for votes. <laughs> <laughs> now get on with it with your frigging fancy cupcakes <laughs> I don't give a shit about jam <laughs> he then invited us to PMQs didn't he yes an update on that <clears throat> uh, is we have a chance mid to late March to go we might have to ask a question will we well I don't know actually you get to sit in the gallery and watch Prime Minister's Question Time we're watching but they're only asking each other questions, correct? Yeah. I thought that was what it was. Okay, so... But we can, maybe can we can jeer? Because you'll go, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Izzard says they're all just shouting toilet paper. Oh, toilet paper, toilet paper. Because <laughs> <laughs> they wave bits of paper. <laughs> it seems very archaic, but I'm really excited. Oh, I'll tell you another thing I saw. Mm-hmm. I saw that 
uh, musical Everyone's Talking About Jamie. And? I thought it was really good, actually, really interesting. It was about the boy that wanted to wear a dress to the end of year prom, basically. And what I was thinking about it last night, actually. Mm. The person that plays the father, this isn't a spoiling the plot, uh, who is really sort of homophobic, when he, the actor, came to get his bow, everyone booed him. And I really? thought, gosh, he has to have that every night so he doesn't even get applause. So wow. it obviously really moved the audience. Wow. I was into my second pack of Maltesers by then, so Were you? I could have been anywhere. <laughs> My sister's here to collect the dog for a walk. Hi. Oh, thank you. Emma made us banana bread. Oh, I love banana bread. Banana bread's one of my favourite things. Thank you. (laughs) Emma's brought us three pieces of banana bread. Will's eyes have lit up. Um, Emma's come to take the dog. Let's go. Oh, riddle monster. What do you think? I'll eat anything. That's what you want to hear when you rage on something. (laughs) What do you think? Ali Emma God, it's been wonderful speaking to you again, Chris, on a microphone. It's great to have been back in the saddle, hasn't it? Yes. Mm. felt like I'm in a way I never left it. Um, but that's because I am here on a horse. Um, only low point for me was the boiler. I'm sorry I didn't fix the boiler. I was promised. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm totally going to have another go at it now. Really? I won't be defeated. Please get in touch on Twitter. Tell us what you think via hello at homosapienspodcast.com or on the Twitters. At Will Young, hashtag homosapiens. Just put another biscuit in my mouth. Please join us for homosapiens extra and please come back next week. We loved having you back. What's our final tune? Oh. Oh, homo sapiens. Oh, homo sapiens. Yeah, that's no? coming. Oh, homo sapiens. It's like a charm, isn't it? <laughs> Get the sage stick out. Can I have a wee now? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.